Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I am your friend in the corn, Jay. And together, like I said, we are Cryptids of the Corn Podcast. Today's episode is going to be really science-heavy on the top end and really not on the back end. Oh, well, we love science here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially me. Yes. So we're going to go through some terms that uh, I use on the show from time to time and maybe have not explained fully what they mean. And then we're going to apply those terms to Bigfoot and Dogman. Ooh. Um, so these terms are, if you ever hear these on a show or, you know, a, another show or a TV show or anything like that, now you'll know what they fully mean. Uh, you should. Yeah. At least, you know, so you can, you make your own assessments. At least they'll make a lot more sense to you. Because I use the terms genotype and phenotype a lot on the show. And before we dig into it, I know what those are, but I also like... I, I kind of know what those are. I Let's feel like that people way. roughly do. Yeah. Uh, you probably learned it in eighth to ninth grade biology, mm-hmm. um, but most people forget them pretty quick because you don't use them. Okay. You, true. True. You uh, hear it on TV or you you see it and you just know, like, okay, that's what that means. Yeah. There's 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 a pretty big difference, but I've heard them on TV being used interchangeably. Ooh. Okay. And they're not interchangeable. So uh, they're, they're, uh, they're similar things, but they're not interchangeable. Like tortoise and turtles. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, all right, which one are you going to do first? So I'm going to read this. This is, uh, this is basically from a, a science magazine, and they kind of just go through the types. So I'm going to read the first little blurb, and then we'll go into the definitions. And then we'll go into differences about them. Oh, okay. I was going to say, should I, like, say what I think they are before we start? So let me... wonder if that's what, you know, people... Yeah, go ahead. So tell me what a genotype is. So I'm guessing. I'm assuming... I know it has to do with your genes. Mm-hmm. So your DNA. Is it your DNA, like, makeup? Like, your unique DNA makeup? Is that a genotype? Well, I'll read it here in a minute, but so that's what you you kind of get the impression for genotype. Yeah. And then what do you think of for phenotype? So I know phenotypes, or I think I know, is like the different traits within those genes, like that make up the different, like the little nuanced differences, like, you know, whether it be hair color, eye color, things like that. So you're pretty close to phenotype. You actually read the back half. It sounds like you read the paper I have, because oh. that's the two they use. Really? Yeah. No, I didn't. I swear, I swear I didn't. So we'll, we'll yeah. I'm just, I'm Phenotype's just. Phenotype's a little more than that. See, that one I don't know. If that's that one's more one fuzzy. That, yeah. Phenotype you got, right? That one Pretty I thought much. I knew. It's, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's go. So the terms genotype and phenotype may sound similar, but they have huge differences between, uh, between these two. The genotype is a set of genes in the DNA or, uh, that, res- or that are responsible for unique traits or characteristics while phenotypes are the physical appearance or characteristics of an organism. Hmm, okay. So, genotype is directly DNA-related. Phenotype is not. Okay. You can have the same DNA and have different representations of a phenotype. And we'll talk... I'll give examples of animals with both. Okay. So, I'm going to read the definition of genotype directly. Okay. The genotype... The human genetic... So, this is specifically... This one's specifically for humans. But the human genetic code could be found in your by your genotype. It determines the traits that in which will be expressed. Organisms that look the same do not have the same genotype. Genotype can be determined by a biological test. Okay. So it's like people this is so I'll give you an example. Yep, I need it. People that confuse green sunfish and bluegill. They're all sunfish. Mm-hmm. They physically look very similar. Correct. Genetically they're vastly different. Okay. Or look at worms. That's a harder one for people to see. Like, the variety of DNA in worms is crazy. So you're basically looking at the uh, the you, DNA makeup yes. of that individual. Yes, we're not looking at anything physical with genotype. It's all DNA. Yep. Okay. This is where we find our subspecies in our different species that may look very similar on the outside, mm-hmm. but are dramatically different on the inside. It's almost like metaphysically they're different on the inside. Genetically. I know. <laughs> Jay's hooked on the metaphysical word today. I just think it's funny, like... 
I kind of know what that means. I think people do, and but it can always be used in almost any situation. You can just plug it, and then oh yeah, there we go. It's a twenty first century word. Yeah, it, it fills it. it fills the gaps. So genotype is what we're going to use later on for discussing whether an animal is a subspecies, a different species, or maybe physically different. So let's get to phenotype. Mm-hmm. So phenotype, like discussed earlier, when both genotypes and phenotypes sound similar but are dramatically different. The phenotype is determined by the individual's genotype and expressed genes or the visibility of certain traits. For instance, hair color, eye color, body shape, height is all dependent on your genotype, but also influences by the factors in the environment. So phenotype is your physical traits in a species. Mm, Okay. So let's talk about the major differences. And I, I have a whole list. So before we move on to that, genotype is your genetic code. Yes. Yes. Compared to other genetic codes. Okay. So me and you have the same genotype. We look vastly different. Right. You know, we have the same genetic code. Right. We're the same genotype. Phenotype is why we look different. Mm -hmm. We're the same species with very vastly different traits. Traits. Yeah. So like, and that counts for all humans. So if you have, you know, a black man, a white man, and a Chinese man, they're the same, technically the same genotype. Mm Mm-hmm. But that phenotype very is... Very different phenotypes. Physically, vastly. on the outside, we look very different. Genetically, we're very, very similar. You know, only differences are only skin deep. That's, that's the point, mm-hmm. is that those are phenotypes. That's just... And I'll go into whole species about this later. Mm-hmm. With it. They don't look like the same species. Right. Their phenotypes are dramatically different. But they're but the, the same they're the gene, same, genome. They're the same animals. Yeah. Produced by the same mom and dad. And it, they produce two different sets of offspring gotcha. at the same time. Oh, oh, okay. And it's neat. Um, but yeah, genotype's hereditary. Phenotype can be hereditary, but it also can be environmentally impacted. Okay. And we'll get into that one. Uh, so your genotype cannot be environmentally inter- inter- impacted. impacted. Phenotype can be. Mm-hmm. Genotype, same genotypes produce the same or the same phenotypes. Uh, and then phenotypes, same phenotypes may or may not produce the same gene or belong to the same genotypes. Okay. Okay. Slow that one and down. So again. let's break that down. Yeah. The same genotype will always produce the same phenotypes. Okay. But Understood. But the same, or just because phenotypes are the same, doesn't mean you can come from the same genotype. And we talked about with sunfish earlier. Right. They look very similar on the outside, but it's, they're different genotypes. Mm-hmm. You you almost have to start. With the genotype, mm-hmm. and then the phenotypes branch off of exactly. that, that individual genome. Old biology yeah. used to classify animals by phenotypes. Mm-hmm. And after we started gen- doing genetics discoveries, we realized how wrong that system was. Right, yeah. How similar some animals can look to other animals, and they're not Even related. related at all. Right, yeah. Which is nuts to think about, ain't it? Mm-hmm. And it's co- oh. covergent evolution. That's, You're, you know, these animals fit the same niche, so they look similar. And the best example for that, hmm. everything turns to a crab. crab. Crabs have separately evolved like 13 times, and there's only one true lineage of crabs. Ain't that nuts? Uh, so, yeah, so that's what that's talking about. Mm-hmm. Is it just because they look the same doesn't mean they have the same genetic code. Right. But if they have the same genetic code, they will look roughly the same. And, like, we're talking about we, me and you look roughly the same. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, present, so, for genotype, present inside the body as genetic material. Okay. Phenotype, expressed of, or expression of genes and external exper- or appearance, if I could read. <laughs> external appearance. So, you know, me having a lot of hair, you being bald, you having a full beard, me not. Mm-hmm. Those are phenotypes. Yes. Uh, but that's our expressed phenotypes. Genetically, we're still the same. Right, exactly. Are we keeping track so far? You're, my, you're my baseline. I'm, I'm keeping up. Okay. It's, under, it's making sense to me. It's becoming more clear, that's for sure. Because like you said, they do use these words often. And, and they don't mean the same thing. Not at and all. They use them interchangeably. Yeah. Hmm. And so I want to educate everybody at home. I know this is... Well, I'll, I'll get to Bigfoot and I'll get to Dogman, I promise. Mm-hmm. But I want you at home to look at this... And be able to be an educated person when you hear stuff on TV and you hear stuff in the news and for these specific things. So you can make your own dis- decision. Mm-hmm. If somebody is not willing to do their research before they talk about this stuff and mm-hmm. they just start throwing these words in, take that into account. Consideration, yeah. correct. If they're just throwing these big words in, and I'm not going to mention any names, but there are people that do this 
and they don't know what they mean. And it really hurts our community. Mm-hmm. It really makes us, for this, from the Bigfoot community to the scientific community, it makes us look dumb. Can, yes. It does. It really does. Yeah. You know, that's that's part of the reason mainstream science doesn't really get behind us because some of these people really tried to use mainstream science words and it without didn't, the backing. Yeah, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And it makes you look dumb. It just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, Will Farrell has a sketch and he's like, ah, stupid people always just shove in big words and, you know, they really don't know what they mean. And he's like, that lady's being such a photosynthesis. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that before, yeah. And it's like... Example, yes, exact example. So, back to the the differences. Okay. Genotypes. The genotype is inherited from the parents to the offspring. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you get your genotype from your parent. Mom and dad, yep. Phenotype is not always inherited from the parents. Like we said, it can be environmentally affected. It can be genetic just diversity. Mm -hmm. So you can have multiple phenotypes pop up. And phenotypes can like skip generations. Like that can be, yeah. You can have random pop-ups. Exactly. Uh, Like the big one is like blonde hair popping up and neither parent's blonde, Mm -hmm. but grandpa was blonde. Or red hair even more so, yeah. Yeah. So just because mom and dad aren't expressing those traits doesn't mean they're not carrying those traits. They're in there. They're dormant. Mm -hmm. Or like uh, my mom's dad, bald, and here I am, Mm -hmm. bald. Yeah, so you get that from your mom's dad. Mm-hmm. Grandpa had a full set of hair. Oh, trust, I know. I have his exact haircut right now. Or not haircut, hair uh, growth pattern that he had at, like, you know, 670. It's me right now in 20 or 30-something. So, <laughs> so maybe laugh. Uh, so genotype, like I've said, is affected directly by your genes. Your mm-hmm. genotype is your genes. Right. Uh, your phenotype is affected by your genotype. And also environmental conditions, nutrient intake, and all this other stuff. Hmm. Can you develop new phenotypes then? Yeah. So why that would be like your hair color changing over time. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can change your eye color over time. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. So yeah, you can physically, your environment can change. You can change. Uh, you being heavy, you know, I, I'm heavy because the way I eat. I can change that. And mm-hmm. that's changing my phenotype. That's my body type. Mm, I'm changing okay. it. Um, so genotypes, so I'm going to give you examples for this last little bit. Genotypes examples are blood groups, eye colors, height, genetic diseases, phenotypes, weight, physiology, uh, and then for example, beaks of birds. Hmm. Yeah. Like the, uh, what is it? The finches or whatever? There's, so that's different things within the same species. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I'm going to give you an example of both. Or do you have any questions about that? Um, what you said, eye color is genotype? Yeah, so you can't just develop a new eye color. Gotcha. So that's passed down, but there's different phenotypes of eye, color. of eye colors. Yes. yes. Okay. So yes. You, can't, you can't just pop down and have uh, neon yellow eyes, right. is right. what you're saying. Without a problem in your Correct. genes. Correct, yeah. So it, yeah. You're either going to have one of the main yeah. colors yeah. that's passed down. Okay. So I'm going to give you animal groups or examples of both. So like we already said with phenotypes... All right, so let me go with genotypes. Yeah. Where we have two animals that look very similar. So we're going to do a bluegill and a, and a uh, red-eared sunfish. So get on your Googles. Yep, and look at them. <laughs> they look extremely similar. And they're kind of close cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're close enough where they can crossbreed. Not all can do this. Right. Uh, so you have it with some primates that look very similar that aren't, uh, aren't close enough to related to produce hybrids. So that's a genotype. They're genetically unique, mm-hmm. even though physically they look very, very similar. And some people for a long time thought they were the same species. I even think when you had one in your tank, I said, oh, look at that bluegill. And I'm like, said, that's a green sunfish. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> there is a bluegill in there, though. <laughs> there is. So phenotypes. So this is an animal that's genetically the same. So we're going to talk about another sunfish. I'm using sunfish today a lot. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about northern sunfish. Okay. They do this really cool kind of thing. Uh, where depending on what body of water they're in, mom and dad will produce the large variety and the small variety of offspring. So some of the adult males are only like two to three inches long, and some of the adult males are like five to six inches long. And they're both adults. And they're both adult males, same age, same group of animals. Same probably brother and sister. Yeah, they're, bro- they're brothers. Yeah. But genetic phenotype, they're very different. One's big, one's small. And the reason is so they can take full advantage of their environment. Mm. One guy can go and sit in the middle of the creek or the river and fight for those areas. One guy can go in the shallow and fight for those areas. Mm. It's to spread out their genetics through phenotype differences. 
Gotcha. So mom, mom, dad produce different levels of those offspring depending on what environment. If they're mostly in shallow water, they're going to produce mostly the small offspring with a couple of the big mm-hmm. guys. If they're mostly in big water, they're going to do the opposite, mostly mm-hmm. big with a couple small. Yeah, it makes sense. But it, it, that's one thing I never really thought about being size, just size alone being mm-hmm. a phenotype, just to fit an environment. Now, here's a bigger one for phenotype. Jaguars. Ooh. Jaguars, they have almost a one in two chance of producing a melanistic cub. Melanistic being like all, all black. black. Okay. And the reason is that why they have this genetic phenotype, or why they have this phenotype, is so half the population can hunt during the day, half the population can hunt during the night. So to split up the population so they're not co-competing Against constantly. each other, yeah. Yeah. That oh, makes sense. We have a lot of phenotypes that are built in for that. Um, there's all kinds of stuff with this phenotype stuff. Yeah. So phenotypes are genet- or not genetic. They're, they are partially genetic. But phenotypes are variations in one species. And so, yes. Within that specific genome type. Yes. Genotype. Yes. Yes. Okay. So phenotypes are within that gene group. But yes. they're also inf- impacted by environmental concerns or environmental factors and the, the individual animals' factors. Mm-hmm. It's a combo, kind mm-hmm. of, in most it, situations. Genotype is always just the genetic attributes. The genetic makeup of that mm-hmm. specific animal, is that you say, yes. or creature? The specific species. Species, whoops. And that's how we decide subspecies. If their genotypes are similar enough, we're going to call them a subspecies. That means it's a term basically to say they're not fully separate yet. So what that means is they could turn back around and merge back into the parent species with little to no trouble. Gotcha. But they're genetically distinct enough we can tell them apart. Gotcha. And then a full species is that they would have trouble merging back in to the parent species. Mm, okay. Not impossible. Not impossible, but not have likely. trouble. Yes. Uh, so phenotypes are more used for animals to d- take different advantage of different environments within the same species. Genetically the same thing. Makes sense. I think I, I think I can follow that. I hopefully everybody at home can. I know yes. it's, everybody likes the science lessons. Mm-hmm. That's at the top because I use phenotype genotype a lot when we talk, and I realize I've never really explained it what they mean. Yeah, I mean anyone can Google, but like I said at the top of the show, I kind of just assume I know what it meant, you know, because you hear it enough. I've seen a lot of people on TV that assume they know what it means. Yeah, and you hear it enough, you know, kind of what they're talking about. It makes sense, but you never really break it down. And okay, what exactly does this mean for sure? So this is very helpful. So tell me, what is a genotype? It's your, the individual species genetic makeup that applies only to that species. If it's different, it's a different genotype for a different species. There we go. Phenotype. It is your individual characteristics of that species that can be changed or that can pop up in different variations. Basically different variations of that genotype can, that, that can be passed down, and changed and be dormant and just exist within that genotype. Can different genotypes have the same phenotype? Yes. 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 Perfect. All right. I think you got a pretty good understanding of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so hopefully everybody at home followed. Jay's kind of my uh, the every, my, my uh, muse yeah. for that. You I'm know, the everyday man. That my just, baseline. I'm like you guys listening. Well, I, mean, I come from the background that uses this stuff. Yeah. So it's hard for me to get a gauge. And see, I, I don't, and I think... Most people listening don't. Right. I mean, 90% of people don't. But they're like me, and they just love all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They love nature and well, I want animals people and... to know. I want people to be able to make up their own minds when they listen to somebody on TV or they yeah. listen to somebody on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you start... I hate that. With the UFO community, the cryptid community, they use... And even some of the other paranormal communities, mm-hmm. they use these big words, mm-hmm. and they don't have a grasp of them. I know. They're talking about metaphysical genome splicing. Metaphysical genome splicing. <laughs> The name of this episode. <laughs> All right. So, you guys know that now? Now, yeah. like I promised, we're going to talk about Bigfoot and Dogman. Oh, okay. So, this is where... So, okay. Like, we just went through a whole really scientific yeah. explanation. And we're going to apply this to Bigfoot and Dogman now. So, so, so normally up. you do the honey and the hatchet. I did the hatchet first. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, first we're going to talk about this big packet I got. Uh, but it's Bigfoot subspecies or Bigfoot variations in North America. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the four to six types that may exist in North America. Okay. Uh, but first, this article, it's from Bigfoot411. Uh, they did a really cool article. That's what I'm using. But they did some really cool math for numbers of gorillas slash 
bears and applying that to Bigfoot. Ooh. I want to read that first before we get into it. Okay. And this is in their just for fun section. The author, uh, he didn't have his name on this, but he did this just to kind of, he really thought it out. So I just wanted to read it because it was cool to me. How many Bigfoot are there? He says, unknown, but maybe 4,169. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just a random number. Uh, well, there's there's a reason. He has a math formula. That's just the, the number his formula kicked out. Exactly. Okay. So that's kind of the joke. Yeah. I just like how he, he literally, not like approximately, nope. It's just, well, he said maybe. He said maybe. <laughs> uh, guesses range from anywhere from as low as 700 individuals to a whopping 100,000. The BFRO estimates 2,000 to 6,000 individuals. There is a good argument for as many as 10K that amount. So, you know, 60,000 individuals. Yes. Uh, that sounds a lot, right? But we'd be swimming with Bigfoot if there were that many. But would we? No. That's what he's arguing against it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, like I said, I'm a confident believer with that fifteen to 20,000 number. Yeah, we t- I think we talked about yeah, that. we've that. done that before. Mm-hmm. And I can believe up to 25,000. I think that's a pretty healthy population for an apex migratory predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25,000 is, is a pretty fair number for them, I feel. Okay. Uh, 15 is probably the lower end of a sustainable population for how big the range is. If there's 700 of them, they'd all be dead. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They'd all be dead. Uh, so... Here's some facts he's going to give us. Mountain gorillas, their average home range is eight square miles. Okay. Neanderthals, we believe their average home range was 20 square miles. Okay. Grizzly bears, their average home range is 160 square miles. It's a lot, a lot bigger. Yeah. So hypothetically, well, they, yeah. Hypothetically, a troop of four Bigfoot need a home range probably comparable to that of a grizzly bear. Oh, page. so 100 plus... 160-ish square, square miles. miles. Uh, the U.S. Or, so the, the U.S. has 2.3 million square miles of undeveloped mountain forest land. That would have enough for land for 14,375 troops. That's, that's 57,500 Bigfoots with that rough estimate he's given out. So they, mm. there's that much room of untouched wilderness for in the continental U.S. For them to live in basically yeah. okay and then i uh but yeah so that's just kind of his little thing he did so i thought it was cool he did, took the time and kind of figured it up Crunch those and numbers. he has a map on his website to show you how big that square mile is mm-hmm. and just how much they fit in ohio oh undeveloped area really and it's kind of crazy how much you don't realize yeah oh yeah but yep so bigfoot types north america variations nobody knows how many bigfoot there are but one th- there are but there are more than one for sure. There are enough Bigfoot living in North America to have different types being reported. The reports uh, differ from each other with consistencies across eyewitnesses. So there's a couple different types that people are seeing. Okay. Uh, some of it seems to be regional, some of it's not. So type one Bigfoot. Okay. Turning pages. <laughs> uh, type one Bigfoot, a.k.a. the patty type. This is your classic Sasquatch. It looks like a cross between a human and a lowland mountain gorilla. There's a large, powerful, built, thick, broad chest, black uh, black hair, and gray skin. Gray to blue skin. Other hair uh, colors are common, such as you know brown, auburn, cinnamon, and occasionally white. The head, though, is massive, but has been described as relatively small for the body. Type 1s sometimes develop a sagittal crest, which looks like a person wearing a hoodie. This is, uh, this is a consistent brow ridge with a receding forehead. Uh, given that the eyes are deep set, look, the eyes are hard to see, but have been reported to be prominently further apart than that of a human's eyes. Mm, okay. Type ones have a flat face with a prominent cheekbones and a square jaw. The mouth region is only slightly protruded. The nose is near the human in shape, although pug or flattened, sometimes with forward directing nostrils. The height averages uh, sample of this population is between seven foot, 10 inches However, the alphas, males, that we think, have been reported as large as nine feet of this type. The average type one is estimated weight of five to 800 pounds. Mm. This is your very classic Bigfoot. Yeah, basically. When you think of Bigfoot, this mm-hmm. is the guy. A slight, cla- a slight sagittal crest, you know, a little bit of the bump on the head. Mm-hmm. Like cone-shaped, yeah. people report, yeah. So what do you think? 
sounds reasonable. I mean, it just sounds normal, like what you would expect when you describe it as Sasquatch, like Patty. Yeah. Basically, basically, I'm just thinking of Patty when you describe all this. All right. That's what image is in my head. You want to read type two? Sure. I'll do type two. All right. This whole one is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Type twos seem more ape-like than type ones. They're reported in many areas of North America, but especially in the South. Type twos have a bestial, man-like build and a large, and large eyes with a large pupil dilation for night vision. The hair is most often reported as black, but auburn, orange, and cinnamon have been reported, which would be different phenotypes, right? Keep going. Okay. We'll talk about that at the end. Okay. A bit smaller than the type ones, the average height is around seven foot. Um, Type twos tend to be very territorial and very aggressive. They seem to kill a lot of livestock, especially smaller varieties such as goats and chickens. Type twos leave human-like footprints, but can seem very much like known primates, especially chimps, orangutans, and billy apes. Yeah, billy apes. Well, maybe we can talk about billy apes later. Okay. Um, and I think, yeah, the rest That's, is, yep. Yep, so. So that makes me think of skunk ape. So I have skunk ape later. Mm-hmm. But yes, these are your skunk apes that aren't skunk apes. What do you mean? Skunk apes are just Florida, pretty much. Oh, okay. So these are your other southern swamp Sasquatch. Okay. Uh, where they have the prominent thumb toe. The big toe is more like a thumb than a toe. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike most other Sasquatch, you know, you don't really see that in their cast. But specifically with Southern Fried Bigfoots, they have that. I think that's what we called it. That's so- what we called our episode. Southern Fried Sasquatch. Southern Fried Sasquatch. What if, though, because I know we talked about this before. What if maybe those ones walk on all fours more often? And that could be a thing. And that thumb thing really is their thumb and their hands. Maybe their hands just are shaped in a way to And that'd crawl. be more orangutan-like. Yeah. With long hands. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're Bigfoot. I think they're something else. But we Ooh. can get into that later. Okay. Um, you mean a different genotype? Well, yeah. Yeah, a whole different genotype. Not mm-hmm. cousins. Right. I think we introduced whatever the skunk ape is. Oh, okay. Uh, and we'll talk about specifically Billy apes later. Um, but yeah, so these are, your, these are your classic skunk ape kind of things that aren't in Florida. Pretty much their only difference is skunk apes are in Florida. Florida, yeah. They earned that moniker mm-hmm. there. So, yeah. What do you think about that? Um, Pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, not too much extra there. Type three. Ooh, okay. This is a big one. Uh, so, type three is something like a mandrel human mix. Uh, everybody know what a mandrel is? I don't know if I it's do. It's what people call a baboon. It's not oh. a baboon. It's a mandrel. The colored, the colored faces and the... Big red butts? Yeah. That's a mandrel? Yeah. Baboons okay. are pretty much just straight brown. Oh, okay. Mandrels are the pretty ones. Okay. Uh, they look very similar to a Bigfoot, but are more savage or primal in nature. Descriptions of the face vary, but most reports describe them as large slash dog slash bear slash baboon faced, faced mammals. Uh, so you have the more of the snout. Yeah. The okay. Bigfoot like... In more of the snout. Mm-hmm. And that comes back into effect later when we talk about Dogman. Okay. Um, they, that's why I include Dogman. There's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. uh, with some of these types. You mean a lot of similar phenotypes? Yes. Mm. You feel very smart now, don't you? Mm-hmm. I sure do. I'm an educated <laughs> man now. So type 3s can be extremely tall. These are your 10 to 15 footers. Mm. These Most of your giant-sized Sasquatch have these snouts. And it's just crazy. With oversized heads that look more like a monster-like thing than an ape-like thing, they tend to live up to the uh, up in the mountains, but will come down for food. Their fur is typically dark black or dark brown. One witness reported seeing a type three wearing animal pelts over its fur. Uh, they may eat humans, but reported uh, reports of man eaters are rare and often based on very old legends. Type three tend to incite reports of paranormal characteristics, like having glowing red eyes are being bulletproof at close range. Um, check out epi- this episode of Dogman Encounters, episode 85. I'm laughing. I want that phenotype. I want to be bulletproof at close range. Well, yeah. So an eyewitness ex-military <laughs> goes looking for a bipenal canid, but finds a type 3, and it's a very cool encounter, and that's in the Dogman Encounters, episode 85. So definitely go listen to that. On? It's a podcast. Dogman Encounters? Is mm-hmm. it the name of the podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's pretty cool. Gotcha. Maybe we'll get a hold of them. Oh, yeah. Type 3 is recently classified. Uh, traditionally, these types were called Kawis or Gawas, a kind of man-eating uh, ogre 
from Mawakan Indian folklore. Mawakan. Okay. And we're going to talk, the Gawas come back later. Hmm. That's kind of that man-eating ogre. Mm -hmm. They are very bestial. These are more dog-man-like things. Okay. Uh, But we're going to talk about crossover later. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think some things that people are calling Bigfoot are not Bigfoot, and some things that people are calling Dogman are not Dogman. Okay, there's still some more out there. Yeah. More. Yeah. Crossover. Yes. All right. So, any comments about these giant, type threes, the giant man-eating ogres? Yeah. Um, So far, I mean, no, I'm seeing, I understand all the three differences so far. Type threes are not very human-like at all. And not something you want to... Very bestial, primal... But human-like things, like the wearing of pelts, they seem to not be dumb things. You're right, right, uh, right. They're intelligent, but not our classic Bigfoot. When mm-hmm. you think of a Bigfoot, this is not what you think of. Right. No, 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 not at all. These are the scary monsters, mm-hmm. like when you think These of- are, yeah, the, the type threes are the things that go bump in the night. Yeah, they're not something you want to come in contact with. Insert spooky sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have a button. We just do it ourselves. Uh, wish. What's the guy from Police Academy? Oh, Michael. Win- or is it Michael Winslow? That's the actor. Yeah. But what's his name in there? I don't remember. Helicopter or something like that. I should know this. Anyways, so type four Bigfoots. Type fours or so type four reports often come from north to northeast U.S. They have been referred to as early man Bigfoots or the uh, American Almas. So that's the Russian Bigfoot. Mm. Uh, these are the most human-looking. Uh, they basically look like humans that are covered in fur. Um, prehistoric man-like things. Mm-hmm. They're typically a bit leaner than our type 1s, but are still large and well-musculared. These are hairy homo... I'm not even going to say this name, but it's homo helibigasius. That was perfect. Yes is a distinct model of the type fours. So that's a prehistoric human-like thing, or human, mm-hmm. uh, that they think fits the mold of these type of Bigfoots perfectly. Gotcha. Ooh. Uh, they have less facial hair than the other types. Uh, the crown on top of their head can be very, er, can, they can have uh, with very thin hair and almost a bald appearance on top. Some eyewitnesses have reported beards and mustaches ranging from notable uh, full-grown animals. Type fours have a round, not conical head. They have a human-like head. So that sagittal crest is almost gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, their noses are hooded. Their mouth is wide uh, or wider than what we would see when you turn the page, <laughs> consistent with normal. Uh, their teeth are square and very human-like. Square and human-like. Yeah. Who, who's it's citing had its square human-like teeth? Who is? Who's citing that we know? Oh, gosh, you put me on the spot. Greg. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did talk about that. Uh, the skin color is pasty gray or black with a leathery appearance. Some people think that they are hybrids, part human or part novel primate. Uh, they may be, but all members of the genus Homus developed and used tools. There are no reports of type 4s using tools of any kind yet. And if they are humans, even pre-modern humans, why would they stop creating and using tools? And they talk about that, you know. And I don't think they stopped using tools, in my personal opinion. Hmm. Okay. Why would they? I think they. I don't think they use fire because they don't need it and it yeah. causes attention. I mean, anything that would uh, if use tools wouldn't stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think about this type? This is our Eastern Bigfoot. This is what yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. This is what I seen. This is what Greg seen. Hmm. Okay. Uh, they have the human head. So that's the big thing right now. Type ones. Have the are your Pacific Northwest Bigfoot with the big coning heads? And type th- type twos are your Southern Fied Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Type threes are your Eastern Appalachian, you know, you, you Midwest New York Bigfoots. You mean type four? Type four? What I say? Type three? Oh type no, three. Type, type three is the monster. Yeah, the monster. Type four is the. the type four is mm-hmm. the the Eastern side of the U.S. is Bigfoot. Gotcha. Your classic round head. You're much more human-like appearance. Like, the thing I seen, I didn't get, you know, I was pretty much a shadow I seen, but I didn't have that big conical head. Mm-hmm. And that was not thin by any means of the definition. It's hulking. Yeah. But it was not your giant sagittal crest like Patty. It kind of reminds me of this, uh, uh, there's this picture of this Russian swimmer from, like, a polo team back in, I forget, early this century. But there's a photo of him, like, later in life, 
and there's not many photos. I don't think there's any video of him playing. It's like 40 or something. But he's holding like, you know, just a normal photo of him with his family, you know, like his grandkids sitting on his oh, lap. Oh, yeah. Yes, I've seen that. That's on the Bigfoot pages. Huge. Yeah. He looks like this, but yeah. just not as hairy. He's hairy, but not like... Not fully. Not ha- Bigfoot not hairy. But he's like got giant. that shape. He's giant. His head's tiny. That's tiny and his body's giant. So that's the four classic types of Sasquatch or what we think of the four classic types of Sasquatch. I have some Correct. S- smaller ones we're going to go into now. Okay. But before we do that, these... So I think your type ones and your type fours mm-hmm. are different phenotypes. Ooh. But the same genotype. Genotype, yes. They're different environments. They live completely different environments. But I think if you brought a type one and a type four together, they could produce viable offspring. Mm-hmm. Your type threes are something completely different. Mm-hmm. That's not Bigfoot. Yeah. And your type twos, I think, are not Bigfoot either. Hmm. Hot take. Mm-hmm. I think they're... So, like, we talked about Billy Apes. Uh so we talked about it in our skunk ape episode for uh so let's go listen to that if you really want to get the full thing in that southern fried sasquatch southern fried sasquatch um captains used to get all kinds of weird primates and take on their ships over to north america for entertainment mm-hmm. from uh, from africa and when a couple of captains had these things they used to call silverback chimpanzees hmm. and they knew what a silverback gorilla was. Mm-hmm. They knew what a chimpanzee was. They mm-hmm. said these were the hybrids. They don't hybridize. They were actually taking a new species. Some people think it's the, uh, oh gosh, what's the horrible chimpanzee? Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan always talks about them. I know what you're talking about. I just don't know the name. The ones Bonobos. That will, bonobos. They'll like rip your face so some pe- off. Yeah, or... bonobos are terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but some people thought they were bonobos. Mm. I don't think they were. I think they were a separate species of large primate that may be extinct in Africa now. But they're holding a good population here in the southern U.S. Yeah. Uh, Because the southern U.S. is the home of hundreds, if not thousands, of crazy exotic invasives. Ooh. Uh, So it's a good place. And some people even think orangutans or a subspecies of orangutan may have taken hold. So the footprint morphology difference is crazy. When you look at these guys' foots, they're not Bigfoot. Okay. That's... Very, that's a very, very big thing for it to be a, a phenotype difference. Okay. Uh, for it to have a thumb on its toe. Right. For a oh, toe. yeah. A hand foot. As compared to like the human like yeah. footprints. Yeah. We're not seeing, and there's a big difference in Bigfoot from North America or from the Pacific Northwest to the U.S. with their foot. Right. But they don't have a thumb on, on the their side. Toe. Yeah. Yeah. So I think your southern guys are those things. There's some kind of invasive, undiscovered primate. And they may not even be a primate known, like I said, to, to science. Mm-hmm. They may have gone extinct in Africa due to this trade. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that were here were enough in numbers. And it may be several species. There could be orangutans in Florida. Yeah. And I really think, we talked about the skunk ape episode, I really think she may have seen a giant orangutan. Hmm. Yeah, I think we did. That's what we kind of came to Came to it, yeah. Just because the cheek flaps. That, or that other one you said, the... uh Oh, the one that was up in the tree, the ones that, it's another type of monkey, I guess, or mm-hmm. whatever it was, I forget. Gibbons. Gibbons, yeah, big yeah. gibbon, like a different gibbon, I don't know. Yeah, so, that's what I think. I think your type threes are just something completely else. And we're going to talk about dog man later. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You're always hitting and nudging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you ready for the smaller types, or do you have anything else to say about type one through four? No, I think it's, it's all making sense. Like, I like how we can kind of break it down into different... We're breaking it down based on genotype. And again, no one's a Bigfoot expert. This is all speculative. Everything we've just said is speculation. Correct. Correct. But it's fun. It's it's fun to learn this. So, the Genawaska. Okay. Uh, This is a type of Bigfoot from North American legend. Uh, These are referred to North Americans as the rock men. It's reported that these are Bigfoot's larger, more bulkier cousin with skin as hard as rocks, and they twist the heads off their victims until they're completely decapitated. Oh, my gosh. Uh, these are the Bigfoot that the Native Americans were terrified of. Oh, you think? And these weren't your average Bigfoot. They talked, these tribes, that, uh, specifically with the with this type, the Genawaskawa, something like, I can't say it. <laughs> it's got a lot of Gs and Ws in it. Yeah. And a K in the middle. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Uh, these are the type that they would see come into an area and another Bigfoot would leave. Mm, okay. 
Um, and these could be your type threes, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. These are the hulking monsters with bulletproof skin. Yeah. Uh, these are the things that you could not win a fight with. And there's, uh, I've seen the Native American paintings and stuff. They've made, they've drawn these things before. Yeah. With a with a rock hard skin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what these things are. Are more these are more troll or orc or monster like. Yeah. It makes you wonder too. And we're gonna do an episode eventually on the uh, the decapitation valley in Canada. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. The the valley of headless men or something. The valley of headless men. Yeah, yeah. That's and that has everything from mammoths to dinosaurs to wild men in it. That's craziness. That's a prehistoric area. So now we're going to talk about the skunk ape specifically. Okay. So skunk ape is a large, hairy, bipedal mammal that calls the Everglades its home. Casting of their tracks confirm that they have four toes and a thumb uh, on their on their feet. Mm-hmm. Male skunk apes can stand up to seven foot tall and weigh more than 350 pounds. So that's very light for that height. Yeah, it is. Females are consistently smaller, standing five to six feet tall and weighing 180 to 250 pounds. So we're seeing really consistent gorilla and large bonobo weights. Okay. Not heights. Yeah. And what do we know about heights with monster sightings? They always are bigger than... They're, they're always re- reported as bigger. Yeah, they're always reported bigger than they are actually seen. Than they actually seen, yeah. And that's because they're terrifying, and mm-hmm. your brain makes them scarier. And bigger, yeah. It, what could be a six-foot thing mm-hmm. looks all of a sudden ten-foot when mm-hmm. it's hairy and... So... I don't know. A bonobo can stand six foot tall mm-hmm. if it were to stand, stand like a man. Yeah. Uh, both males and females are often seen covered in red or black fur, depending on where you're at. So we see orangutan or bonobo. And it could be both or something else, a whole different thing in the Everglades. Yeah, all in the Everglades. Most confirmed skunk ape sightings, however, report individual animals. Increased sightings, though, right now report claims of having seen several skunk apes traveling together. This is a new a new type or new thing for the phenomena. Mm. These groups are also known as troops, are becoming more and more common in recent years. It's almost like their population is finally starting to grow and take hold. Mm-hmm. Or their environment's shrinking a little bit, maybe? I think it's... The other? I think it's... The four more? Yeah. They're finally starting to get bigger, big enough populations where they're starting to be seen in groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are monkeys right now in Florida that are invasive. Oh, okay. That have taken hold. People yeah. don't realize that. People are seeing monkeys and like the DNR in some areas is like, no, there's no monkeys. And the DNR in other counties are like, yeah, we have whole, we have a colony of monkeys. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So primates invading Florida has happened in recent times. Mm. I think there are, they're not spider monkeys. They're capuchin monkeys are getting to be a problem. Okay. Because they can carry human disease and they'll run up and bite you. Oh. So that's why they don't like them. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> so skunk ape sightings are reported throughout Florida. It's estimated that there's between seven and nine skunk apes that live in the Everglades. I don't know where they get these no- that number. Uh, these sightings suggest that the highest or the high concentration inhabit the Florida Everglades. Big Cypress Natural Preserve offers the best opportunity for researchers to locate a skunk ape. Oftentimes, skunk ape sightings are close in proximity to large cities. One instance, the skunk apes reportedly ran uh, on I-75 at broad daylight. That's our same I-75. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, what do you think? Um, Those are our kind of six types of Sasquatch. Okay. I wonder why. I mean, I can. I never thought, like, the skunk ape would have its own little separate I really, thing. after looking into them more and more, they yeah. are not Bigfoot, hmm. in my personal opinion. Yeah. And type twos may be Bigfoot. But whatever the skunk ape is, is not Bigfoot. You think that skunk ape could be a type two? I don't think so. Well, yeah, I do think so, but I don't think if, if the skunk ape is a type two, then type, then type two is not Bigfoot. Bigfoot, correct. So if the skunk ape is type two, then the genome or the, what's it? The, the genome the, uh, is different. The genotype, yeah. Yes, is different. Yes, okay. But the phenotype may have some similarities. Similarities, they're right. Si- they're similar phenotypes. Yeah. Like sunfish and bluegill. Mm-hmm. Man, you're going to be an expert at this. I already am. Are you ready to uh, do talks next year on eDNA and genotypes <laughs> and phenotypes? You don't want me doing that. I would be I would be curious to see what I'd come up with. <laughs> I think you'd still, right now, you have a better understanding than a lot of people in those rooms. <laughs> I'm not joking. Let's take it easy here. I know nothing. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to... 
I don't want. I don't. You made me laugh. I just don't want anyone to approach me at any of these things because I will just crap down my leg (laughs) when they ask me anything serious. That's a Justin question. I already do that, but I say that at the conferences. I'm like, that's a J topic. (laughs) Do you do you know that I do that too? Yeah. Okay. Good. Because I do that all the time. I send people your way because I'm like. That's not something for me, <laughs> right? Because they're asking you about how the pyramid. I don't know, just weird stuff. And oh, I'm, like, I'm all on that's that. That's not a Justin question. That's, that's a, a Jay question. We have a very distinct dynamic. Yep, that's a Jay thing. <laughs> but it all meshes. It does. No, it does. I'm not yeah. saying anything. It just they all. There are Jay questions and there are Justin questions. They're all connected. We're gonna figure out the secrets of the world. It's all mushrooms. It's starting don't to spoil it. That's start, for season eight. It's starting to leech in <laughs> season eight stuff here. <laughs> You're like me now, jumping ahead. <laughs> Mushrooms. <laughs> You're going to be uh, your backyard one day. I'm just huddled I, over it, talking to it. I him was again. talking to it. Emily asked who I was talking to the other day. <laughs> it's that mushroom. Bob's brother. All right. So there are, you know, Sasquatch all around the world. Like we've said, Alnas, Orang Appendix, Yeti. Mm-hmm. And are these different species or are they subspecies? Mm. So there are red foxes in Europe and North America. So we do have species that span continents that have different phenotypes but genetically are the same if you took a red fo- excuse me you took a red fox from north america and a red fox from uh europe they could make viable offspring they're still the same species roughly so the genotypes still the similar or it's the same yeah roughly basically the same okay uh at that point you're getting into maybe subspecies yeah they're close enough to be viable offspring is produced yes okay without without human assist and oh okay can, can only viable offspring be produced through things with extremely close genotypes? Correct. Okay. You have to be, even if your phenotypes are very different. Mm-hmm. So like saw guy are, a, are an Ohio made monster. Uh, they're a hybrid between two species that do not reproduce naturally in the wild. Okay. Uh, so they do produce viable offspring in a lab. Okay. But that's just doesn't not in exist the wild. in the wild. So if you release them, they're not going to... St- start that's why they don't they don't exactly yeah they don't take over but yeah so that's the bigfoot side of it so anything for the bigfoot side of it um i'd say still the same like it's it's good to break this stuff down so what do you think who do you think's a bigfoot who do you think's not a bigfoot are they all bigfoot are they none of them bigfoot well the type three is the one that um is the odd outlier i'd say Mm -hmm. for sure because that does kind of cover the monster x aspect of some of this stuff you know that's just the weird odd odd ones out you get those stories where it's just literally a monster you know story um i i also think of like it just made me think type three made me think of shrek so like i was about to say ogre yeah that type threes for that for bigfoot four and one for their cat or how they categorize them your type threes are your monsters your ogres your mountain trolls mm-hmm uh, they're often seen wearing animal carcasses or pelts. They're seen in high mountains, you know. Yeah. It's, that's not a Bigfoot, in my opinion. What do you think? So I think it it's is. It's a monster. I think it is a Bigfoot, but maybe not what we typically think of as being like the normal, what Bigfoot really is. It might just be another subspecies, like a dominant, like a very hyper-aggressive, very territorial, you know, solo kind of Bigfoot. So would that be a phenotype? So we have this thing that exists in nature where we consider alpha males. Mm -hmm. So alpha males will get larger, and they'll actually produce pheromones in some species that keep the other males smaller. Oh, wow. Uh, We've seen that in all kinds of animals. And right now we think sauropod dinosaurs, the big long-necked dinosaurs, they did that. Oh, okay. Uh, Because there'd be one male in this giant herd that was just super huge. Yeah. And he was the defender. And the other males were all smaller. They were female-sized. Mm, okay. So I'm kind of leaning into that more. Now that you said that, it makes more sense. And they just get super-sized. So the muzzle thing. See, it's... Oh, yeah, shoot. Yeah. And that could be a phenotype thing, or that could be an age thing. So we do Ooh. see skulls change over time. Okay. Uh, not really much in primates, if that's where we're putting Bigfoot, but mm-hmm. who's to say? Right, yeah, uh, exactly. That could be a thing of a mature... the alpha of the area gets the larger jaw these you know this more pronounced teeth ridge and this type is the type you don't normally see like around a family group it's always just this one monster you know so i think of goliath yeah you know he's not seen very and that's tom you know tom shay's Shays giant yeah his giant Mm -hmm. uh 
you don't see him. You know, he's seen him once, and it was absolutely terrifying. He's seen other Bigfoot. Yeah. And that was enough to... And I wonder if he did have that more pronounced face. Yeah. And... But look at orangutans. Look at an adult male orangutan, how different that animal looks to the rest of the species. True. That, as opposed to like the... The big giant cheek flaps. The yeah. dewlaps. Oh, know? yeah. They don't look... If you, they, they look similar, but they don't. Correct. Even compared to like the ba- the young ones, the babies, mm-hmm. they don't look like that. The babies look like little kids. Yeah. And then when, as they get older, yeah, they develop that what, fatter, almost fatter face, it, but yeah. like flatter, fat face. Yeah, it's, it's cheek flaps. Cheek, yeah. It's a specific ridge they have. Okay. It just looks like they're all fat mm-hmm. <laughs> in the face. I mean, it kind of is. I'm sure it's yeah. fatty deposits, but it's specifically designed. That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> um, so it could be something like that. I don't think so, but right, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, it's an opinion. Oh, yeah. I'll throw anything out there that could be. Cause but, but I could see that. That's a, that's a biological thing you could explain that with. What if they are, you know, their solitude, like, dominant, you know, creatures, they the control alpha. control a whole area. And they may have, you know, several families or whatever in it. And maybe what comes with that, you're more, like, territorial, animalistic, where you're, you know, surviving, controlling, you know, and maybe your face does kind of morph into that. It fits that role of, like, an... And beast you can think of it as more supervisors these may be animals that are done breeding yeah uh you know we see this with uh like congreals when they're done breeding they get supersized mm. Ooh. Uh, yeah what if that's Ooh. okay so when they and they if you're looking at this primate it may take full control mm-hmm. over this area and i mean a giant swath mm-hmm. and it may be the peacekeeper in ways like in good ways and bad ways yeah yeah but it's how you know maybe all the other Sasquatch families that live in its gigantic territory, mm-hmm. uh, it may be the one that's like, like Tom's, you know, he said, you know, when the other Bigfoots would be talking to them, they'd hear the one roar on top of the mountain. And just done. And everything stopped. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, all right, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That would be kind of scary if we're kind of hitting the nail on the head here, just hypothetically speaking, and Tom Shea, when he saw it. Ooh. I will, we'll, we'll ask him. We're going to see him at Crypticon. I can't wait. We had a muzzle. Mm. And he won't even know why. We're just going to say it. We got to get him on the show. Oh, for sure. I don't know if he does podcast ever. He's a nice guy. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm sure he wouldn't be opposed to it. It just yeah. I don't think he's ever done it. Future plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to go into Dogman now. And Dogman has a lot of varieties and a lot of overlap with Bigfoot. Because I don't, yeah, because we've discussed this before. Dogman is. We don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of variances to Dogman. And this is the seven types of Dogman that everybody uses. It's a little flyer they give out. Okay. Uh, like Dogman stuff. All right. Let's run through this real quick. Uh, type one. Or so. It's really weird how they have this written. So we're going to go. So they have it as. It's just weird. We're going to go type one. Okay. It's their categoriz- categorization system is different because they have like type three variant one type two variant two gotcha i'm just gonna go type one type two type three okay type one the tall leaning strong with a baboon like head and snout okay so this is kind of reminiscent to our type threes on the bigfoot Side. they're tall they're lean and they have that snout mm-hmm. and this is putting them as dog man okay your type two the hominid body with the very chow-like head. So you have this big, wide head, exaggerated teeth, and chows don't, you know. Oh, I know chows. I know, that's what I'm saying. Love chows. So they have this giant, wide set head. So it's not a super long head. Yeah. But it's just super wide, like a chow or maybe even a bulldog. Okay. Uh, your type threes. This is a Sasquatch with a muzzle. So like the type three Sasquatch. Yeah. yeah. So they are very, very similar to Sasquatch, except they have a pronounced muzzle and tend to be more aggressive. Okay. Any questions so far? Mm-mm. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of overlap with Bigfoot. And Dogman, which mm-hmm. we already knew. Type four. It's like a standing timber wolf. Okay. So this is like uh, some of the early sightings of the Michigan Dogman. Is this? Like a wolf, a giant timber wolf that would just stand up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a man. This is almost like the werewolf type, you know, you think of, right? Like, this is more just like a big wolf that stood up. Okay. So, like, sometimes we get a report with skinwalkers. They don't look like a person standing. It looks like a wolf that's standing and just walking. Mm. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, oh, you think? Type, sorry, type five. 
these are your hyena like dogmen. Mm, okay. And what's weird is these get seen in Michigan a lot. Really? Yeah. And hyenas have been loose in Michigan a lot. Are you hint, hint, wink, winking right now? Yeah. And mm. we'll come back to hyenas here in a minute. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this is your hyena-like guy. Okay. Your type uh, six, large, strong, broad-bodied, and pointed ears. This is your American werewolf. Uh, this is your werewolf-like thing. Okay. Your classic beast of Bray Road. Mm-hmm. This is the hulking wolf man. Defiance dog man. Yeah, the defiance dog man. Mm-hmm. Episode. And your type seven are your soldiers. Uh, that's from, I think, oh gosh, what's the vampire do- werewolf movie? Vampire werewolf movie? Yeah, anyways, not. Oh, I okay, duh. Okay. Uh, but they have extremely large oversized heads. So once again, going to the type three back to Bigfoot. Mm. Where they said their heads don't look like they match their bodies, even mm. though their bodies are gigantic. Mm. Their heads are always supersized. Hmm. So you're, is this the last one too? Yep. So are you painting like a kind of a picture where. There's a lot of overlap is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Similar. It depends on which way you're coming from. If yeah. it's a Bigfoot or if it's a dog, man. Or even, even they could be, you know, completely separate, but they share phenotypes. So that is one thing, is they could be completely separate, and they're sharing distinct phenotypes to fit the environment. Yes, I was just going to say, which is product of the environment, like bluegill and mm-hmm. sunfish. Mm-hmm. They live in the same space, take up the same kind of niche. But so for this categorization system, I don't think everything on here is a dog, man. I don't think everything on the Bigfoot categorization is a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of stuff that are Bigfoot and dog, man, and there's a lot of stuff that aren't, and they just happen to get lumped in. Because what else? If you're a dog, man researcher, and you're going to go in... And it's a Bigfoot with a muzzle. It's a dogman. Uh, yep. If you're a Bigfoot researcher, it's a Bigfoot. Correct. So there's a lot of co- uh, confirmation bias is what that's called. Mm-hmm. When you're going in with a bias and you're confirming everything based on that bias. Which makes this whole field mm-hmm. more, even more confusing. When you, you try to explain that to just the regular person that kind of has a small interest, knows what this stuff is, but doesn't know like a lot about it. Trying to explain that to them is very difficult. So you're on this list, on the dogman list, your type one and your type three are almost identical to our type three Bigfoot on that list. Mm-hmm. They're the same thing. I don't know which way they're going, whether they're a dogman or a Bigfoot. Yeah. But they are the exact same thing. Even the pictures they use are almost the same to really? describe them. <laughs> so they're the same. They're the same thing. Uh, in my opinion, I don't, I don't know which way it goes though. I don't know. Whether they're dogman or Bigfoot. Uh, but the other ones, though, that's the ones I really think we need to look at. Yes. Yeah. Uh, whatever that thing is, that mountain troll thing. Yeah. Is something that could be connected to one of those two. Could be completely se- It could separate. be its own thing. It could exactly. be a real mountain troll. And I'm thinking that's a very good possibility. It could be a, a relic mountain troll mm-hmm. or whatever we consider trolls. Well, you know, like Lord of the Rings and all mm-hmm. that stuff, like that ancient world might have existed with maybe not in the exactly how it was with trolls and uh, orcs and but who's to say that stuff what if it was here you know what if that stuff really did happen not how that happened but just those things existing and living having communities populations and we had to deal with them you know and then and now there's just a few of them left yeah it's just a remnant or even like time slips things like that come through ghosts we talk about spirits like leftover you know all that sort of stuff could play a factor if those things really did exist at one point in time Hmm. I like it. I'm, I'm not arguing. There's nothing to argue there. You know, it's all yeah. possibilities. Everything. There's a potential for everything. So I'm going to bring this back to the science side. Yes. So for, let's go with the dogman list first because that's the one we just did. Okay. Are these all the same thing with different phenotypes? So they all have the same genotype with different mm. phenotypes and they fit certain environments around the country. Are they a couple separate things? Uh, specifically the hyena one, I think it's just hyenas. Okay. Because, uh, like, everywhere the hyena dogman pops up, there's been a record of loose hyenas. Mm. So, like, Michigan has had a lot of loose hyenas. Hmm. Uh, hyenas are scary. What if they Don't just, mess with a hyena. What if they think that hyena was just a hyena, but it was really a dogman? See, I think it's because you're not used to seeing a hyena yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. And it runs out in front of you, and you tell somebody you've seen a giant hyena. True. And you're in dogman area. It's Dogman. So it's Dogman. Okay. Makes sense. Because uh, they're seen in Texas, Arkansas, and Michigan is where the most hyena Dogmen are seen. Mm. And they've all had a big history of hyenas getting loose. Okay. 
correlation there. Yeah, there's there's a lot of correlation for that hyena one. I'm just saying for this list, from my opinion, throw just it a out. hyena. Throw it out. Yep. Because they're not normally ever seen walking up, right? They're kind of seen always hunched over. Mm. Have you ever seen a freaking hyena? They I look the like pictures. they're hunched over. They do. They have that big yeah. lump on their back. Yeah, it's yeah. all muscle. Uh, they're not something to mess with. Hmm. People don't get how big a hyena is because you see them next to a giant lion. Or you see them on Lion King and yeah. they're just goofy. And uh, no, they have super strong bites. Yeah, okay. Uh, they kill lions. Avoid them. Yeah, they're not nice animals. They're not dogs. They taste good? No, and oh. remember the females have male genitalia. That is true. Look that up. Google it. This is not uh, a Patreon episode, so I won't go into it. So are these phenotypes... With the same genotype besides the hyena. Are these phenotypes with the same genotype or are they different genotypes? Or is there a couple genotypes in there? What do you think? I think it's a mixed bag. So who are you putting where? Well, I think I think the more classical like dog man werewolf things are but see then that's where you split hairs of whether it's supernatural or spiritual or an actual beast. Let's just say for this whole thing, it's all they're all actual if they're flesh creatures. and blood. Yes. Um I'd say all the ones that kind of have that upright, you know, kind of man-like shaped body with the dog head, but, you know, are all similar, but they're all the same genotype with different phenotypes. Are you putting the two that are Bigfoot-like baboon-headed ones in there, too? Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, My gut tells me probably no. Maybe are, those are their own separate. Are little... you putting those with Bigfoot then? Or are you putting them as their own thing? And I could think we could be losing cryptids inside of other cryptids. Yeah, very well could be. Could um, I don't put them over towards the Bigfoot thing. I don't think they're Bigfoot. I don't yeah. think they're Dogman. I think that your Mountain Troll and these two, yeah, are something different. Mm-hmm. They may be actual, maybe cousins, you know, but they've been distant for a long time. Mm-hmm. They're very unique. Or just something different. Similar, but just different. Different mm-hmm. genotype, similar phenotype. All right. So let's, before we go, let's bounce back to Bigfoot. Okay. So type one, type two, type three, type four. Mm-hmm. You remember them all? Yes. Patty is one. Skunk Apes, two. Big, tall, ogres, three. Yep. And, and man-like our, eastern. Our Bigfoot is? Four. Yeah. What's a subspe- So what's a phenotype? What's a genotype? So the genotype is the the gene the makeup genes. I mean, no, like what what oh. what are you who are you putting as what? Oh, gotcha. I think one and four, same genotype. Okay, I'm right there with you. Um, two. Hmm. See, I think two also you could lump in with that genotype. You could. I don't know if I. I think I think you could lump it up, and then their phenotypes are just extremely different for the environment because southern is swamp. It's you know, it's night and day different than Northwest and I, Northeast. I'm not arguing with that. Yeah. You know, you have the plantar grade foot like the yeah. our Bigfoots do because they're mostly walking on hard ground versus that swamp life. You may be a lot more in trees. Exactly. Grabbing so, on the trees and stuff like that because you don't want to, I, I would imagine, I wouldn't want to navigate through a swamp all the time. So I don't think that's, I don't think that's true, but it's very possible. Yeah. So. so but that's, that's kind of where I'm leaning my, like, I, I want to explore that. I think that's. A possibility but then number three is it's could be i'll say it could be the genotype still could be but like we talked about earlier breaking it down um it could develop different phenotypes it could be like an alpha male it could be like you said that n- not breeding anymore and now it's just a peacekeeping dominant forest uh like guardian living building yeah yeah could be that part it's 15 foot tall that'd be just whew. See, but then, yeah, you're almost on its own. That would be its own phenotype then. That I don't would be, know if it could eat enough at that size. So maybe even that size, it might, maybe those ones aren't the flesh and blood, like what we think. Maybe those and that's ones That's a whole are other the, category yeah, that's not in this episode. Correct, yeah. But, you know, that may be a way to throw out number three as being something else completely, mm-hmm. too. So I'm with one and one four, mm-hmm. same genotype different phenotypes Mm -hmm. if you brought a pacific northwest bigfoot here it would have probably our kind of bigfoot babies Mm -hmm. and vice versa you took one of our bigfoots over there Mm -hmm. it'd start having the more conical heads so what with the conical head the sagittal crest it's specifically developed for jaw strength okay uh that's why pit bulls have a big one that's why your chows have a big one Mm -hmm. because that's where their jaw muscles attach extra on top of the head for Mm -hmm. extra bite strength so they're eating more in my head they're eating more rougher foliage 
they're eating more acorns or eating more stuff like that. Acorns have a lot of nutrients in them. We talked about it last night with Josh. Oh, I did with Josh. They're not good to eat. They're good for you. I've always heard they're poisonous. So it depends on the species. Oh, okay. I thought uh, all of them were. No, people make acorn. They're not acorn. Sorry. Pine cone. Oh, pine cones. Okay, yes. Yeah, I so said the wrong thing. Okay. Pine cones. Are, okay, but wait, before you get pine cones, are acorns poisonous? No. Okay. You can't eat them. I can't? No. Oh, okay. Are they maybe toxic to us, but a lot of animals eat them. Yeah. Buckeyes are poisonous. Yes, I knew them were. Buckeyes are. Yeah. Don't eat them. That's why squirrels bite the hole in the side and let them rot a little bit because it gets rid of the poison. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so pine cones. Pine cones, yes. They're eating more pine cones, stuff like that. There's hard debris. It's like, still getting nutrients. They eat the actual whole cone? We do. People boil them and eat them. Really? Like candy. Where do the pine nuts come from? That's another type of pine tree. It's oh, like a little cluster. Okay. okay. In my head, I always thought they came out of the cones. No. They, they So the pine cone seeds, or the pine tree seeds are like little helicopter seeds. Okay. They, they fall out of the shell. Okay. But there's a lot of food in it. Anyways. I didn't know any of this, yeah. so I'm learning. Yeah. So there's a lot of maybe a hard mass is what that's called. It's mass vegetation. It's very hard to eat. Yeah. But they may be taking advantage of that, so they need that extra bite muscle to chew this chew stuff this. up. Yeah. Makes sense. Hmm. My chow does like to hang out under the pine tree. That's her favorite spot. They just chill. The pine cones. Yeah, maybe so. That's her. That's her spot. Anything else for this phenotype and genotype Um, episode? I don't think I have any more to add. Um, Very. I like this one. This has been very informative. I hope so. So let's come right out after. I I learned somewhere. I learned something this episode. Good. That stuck. Good. That don't happen. And everybody at home, I think now you're. You're pretty well educated on this stuff uh, to make your own decisions on stuff when you start seeing it on TV, the YouTube, you know, we all watch all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just my, like I've said eight times during this episode, that's my big pet peeve is when people want to convince people that they're right. So you use big per- words the average person doesn't maybe know the full meaning of mm-hmm. to make you think that they're smart. Right. It's, they try to coagulate everything together into a <laughs> into a photosynthesized, you know. Um, yes. All right. So, yeah, now you're educated. Now you can make your own decisions. Uh, but, yeah, just, you know, go off of that and just decide who you want to believe now. Because that's all it is. Nobody mm-hmm. knows anything about these things. Mm-hmm. It's just all, it's a lot of faith and a lot of uh, speculative science. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to end this, let's end the show on this. Okay. Sometimes a lot of things, whether it become, it just breaks down to your faith in it. A lot of faith, I don't know, a lot of just self-belief in things is really what reality is all about. And it's, on that profound note, yes, I've been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been the man in the corn, Jay. And together we are Curtis Corn Podcast. Thank you for joining us this episode. Catch us next week with more exciting, fun, and interesting topics. All right. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical.